You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome, listener, to episode 50 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. As always, we're glad you're here joining us. That's me, Gandalf, Matt, and Nathan Van Horn in this 30 minutes of discussing the grand biblical narrative. And we talked about it last week a little bit about how we had just reached our one-year anniversary. And man, I would have loved it if we could have matched up like um, episode 50 with the one-year anniversary, but it, things don't always work out the, the way you might have hoped, which ah, we're going to be talking a nice. lot about that. Uh, nice. Things for the, the people of uh, Babel. Yeah, it d- does not turn out the way they hope. But before we get into it, let me remind you, as always, if you're listening on iTunes, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Maybe leave us a star review. And if you're feeling especially generous, a written review. Um, same thing goes for Spotify. Click like, click the heart button, click save to favorites. Whatever it is on the platform you're listening, of you're choosing, that helps us appease the almighty algorithm and tell it that this is worthwhile content. So if you believe that this is a worthwhile podcast, please help others hear it by doing that for us. So now that we got that out of the way. Good stuff. Um, Can I take care of one more housekeeping issue? Oh, oh yeah. yes, please. Yeah. yeah, in last week's episode, I kept saying Targums. And I kept meaning to say Talmud. Uh, so the Targums are Aramaic translations or sometimes paraphrases that sometimes give interpretive insight uh, into the Hebrew Bible. But I was referring to a tractate from the Talmud. So if if you were confused last week, so was I apparently. So mea culpa, I'm sorry. Welcome back to the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. You know, you know what's actually funny is th- that shows you how much integrity we have on this show. Because if we had just not addressed it, I guarantee you, no one would have known the difference <laughs> between those two things, In- including well, us. <laughs> yes, yes. But seeing how we're dealing with issues of confusion, ah. like, oh. so, so let's let's go back to Babel here, and we're going to talk about a word, a good good, solid Bible word called ziggurat, except it's not in the Bible at all. Um, but nonetheless, we're going to talk about it. It is so, and it isn't. Yeah, it is. It, the idea is like Trinity's not in the Bible either, but the idea is there. So what is a ziggurat? We've mentioned it in previous times, in previous episodes, I think going back even 20 to 30 episodes ago. can't even believe I'm saying that that we've actually done this long enough to say 20 or 30 episodes. But we're going to talk about what a a ziggurat may be, according to some recent discoveries and stuff like that. And when I say recent, within the last 50 years. Um, But just as a a start, I'm going to just pick and choose through here, because we've already read this passage all together. But I'm just going to read the first few verses, and then I'm going to uh, emphasize a few more things when it's talking about the tower. It says in chapter 11, verse 1 of Genesis, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. 
And as the people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the earth. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do and nothing they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so they may not understand one another's speech. So um, we've looked at this in previous weeks. Last week at the very end of the episode, we made a little bit of a, bit of a discovery that the whole making names for themselves is tied into Genesis 6 language, the whole idea, the same word, the word renown in Genesis 6, men of renown, is the same as making a name. It's just name of making ourselves a name. But there is an idea to hearken us back to the early parts of Genesis that even precede 6, even though it's definitely talked about in 6, and it's about crossing boundaries. So, Nathan, I know you had a few things to say about this. Yeah, especially with regard to Genesis 6 and Genesis 11, because um, we've talked about it in a lot of different ways. It's interesting for me in Genesis chapter 6 uh, that the main boundary we we talked about was you know these heavenly beings, spiritual beings, whatever nomenclature you want to use, crossing a boundary by coming down and intermingling with the daughters of men. And that right. the offspring of that, these men of the name— that's what precipitates the flood, right? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and a flood that was so massive that it covered even the mountaintops by 15 meters. And then right. fast forward to Genesis 11. I, I need to use that fast forward. That was a great sound effect. I need to use that so much more often than I do. I think that's the second time I've done it. And every time I'm just like, it works um, <laughs> because I'm humble. Um, but fast forward to Genesis 11. It, it's it's the same story in reverse, right? Now you have earthen creatures trying to cross the boundary by building a tower into the heaven. And you get, to your point, Matt, you get little details in that story, not just what they're building, but how they're building, that connect it back to the logic of the flood. Oh, right. It, in fact, Gandalf, wasn't it last episode you were talking about, are they building this to... Yeah, because just from my perspective here, it, it kind of is throwing into question what the ultimate goal is here. It, it kind of reminds me of the end of Finding Nemo, right, where they the the fish in the tank want to get out so badly, and then they finally do, and they're just sitting there floating in the <laughs> sitting there in, in the bags. bags. Uh, right. uh, now what? Yeah. <laughs> so they, it's like, okay, they get up to heaven, and we talked a little bit about the possibility of them trying to preserve themselves from another flood event, and I think that that was making the most sense to me at the time. Well. It, taking a closer look at the text this week, I noticed in Josephus, and we looked at him last week, that Josephus is like confident that this tower had to do with surviving a flood. And it's kind of like, well, maybe that's his interpretation. But actually, the text actually confirms it, because if you look in Genesis chapter 11, verse 3, it says, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. 
and they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar or bitumen for mortar. So bitumen what, what is, is a... What is that, by the way? Okay, it, it is the same kind of stuff that Jacob had used to cover the basket that Moses floated in. This word is used, pitch and bitumen is, is a tar... They're tar-like substances. So, man, that's, so, that's three different points on a continuous spectrum, right? What right. is what does Noah cover the ark with? It's not the same word in Hebrew, but it's right. You can you can easily see, you know, if, if you're reading the Bible casually, you can easily see a connection between Noah's ark and uh, and Moses's basket, right? Correct. An, an instrument of salvation being preserved in water. Right. Through a you know a, a makeshift construction that's sealed with with, and and man, but the same word used in the Moses story is now here in the Babel story for the tower that they're building. So, so it's a waterproofing agent. That's it. Correct. It's a waterproofing uh, agent. So because you wouldn't normally use, you would normally use mortar. You would normally use mortar, but it says specifically here they used instead of mortar, they use bitumen. So, so, you know, what's so interesting to me is, you know, you, you think like you uh, when you vacation down on the coast, y'all ever vacation down on the coast? Yeah. Yeah. yeah OK. So not just me. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> you, you'll sometimes have like the hurricane proofing statement on the buildings. This this building is meant to withstand a category five hurricane or winds up right. to X amount. Uh, this is a tower that's not windproofed. It's it's waterproofed. Right. Uh, by the way, the irony for me is that um, in, in the Jewish interpretive tradition, God either destroys the tower with wind or with fire. Um, mm. so, but not with water. Not with water. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you listening? I said I wasn't going to do it that way again. Um, I was very clear. Well, it, it's just it, it continues that this is an, this is an attempt to cross boundaries, which leads us to. Uh, and it's been waterproofed. So it's kind of like, you're not going to stop us now. And that ties into what God sees as the problem. Like I just want to cue that 80s rock song. Nothing's going to stop us now. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, God sees like, hey, listen, this is a problem. And what's going to stop them from doing all of these things? So that's why he confuses the language. But th- they're determined at this point. He's not going to flood us. We're going to make a waterproof tower. And you know what? We're going to build this ziggurat. So now the question for this week is, what is a ziggurat? And this, and this was this was news to me when we were discussing it. So I had there, to ask. I had to ask the Google. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, no, so, certainly I have a concept of a ziggurat. I've, I've, right. I've talked about ziggurats, and, and I hear ziggurat. I think ancient temple. Right. But apparently, at least according to recent archaeology, it may be that ziggurats, rather than the temple, were a structure to be used as a tool for the temple. Meaning, as they're digging up these ancient Sumerian cities and things like that and other places, they're not exactly finding temples at the top of ziggurats. They are finding temples sitting next to ziggurats. So the ziggurat was not really used necessarily, at least according to these discoveries, as a temple, but as a staircase. It was an invitation. It was a place for the deity to descend into the city and then inhabit the temple. Interesting. So it was an, it, 
it was it's an invitation, so to speak. Come and inhabit with us, descend. And in their case, because they're headed the other direction, rather than beckoning the deity into their temple, they're trying to build a staircase to get into his temple. Mm. And that's that's the quite whole, ironic. That's the whole with, heaven meets earth thing. Yes. Yeah. It, yes. It's, it's quite ironic to me that they're building it basically an inverse ziggurat, right? They're trying to go up, but it's actually going to be extremely effective in bringing the deity down. Right, and, which is and, and it, it's it was, funny. It was, it was at that moment that they all deeply regretted that Stairway to Heaven had already been used as an episode title. Oh, yeah, that's right. We already did that. But you know what's funny is so a ziggurat, at least as it's believed in modern archaeology – was the tool by the ancients in their minds to bring the deity down. What's what's funny is that when you read Genesis 11, it does. It brings yeah, the, the deity down. down. God comes down. It, it says it explicitly, come let us go down. So it yeah, kind of makes But they me, don't like it, though. Yeah, they don't like it because it's like, uh-oh. Well, it worked, kind of. This is but, this is like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when they thought it would be a really good idea to open the Ark of the Covenant. It worked. It, I mean, it yeah. worked. It, yeah. Didn't yeah. Shut the box. The Shut the box. <laughs> Don't open your eyes. Um, that's right. <laughs> so well, well, that, that's actually kind of funny. It's just something topical. Matt, you often say in your sermons here at First Baptist that like sometimes God's judgment is just giving you over to what you want. Oh, yeah. And that's it's, Romans it's, 1. And it's it's not what you think. This is kind of like that, right? Like they they wanted to pierce that that barrier to get there, and it's like, okay, well here here he comes, here comes God, he's coming down to them, and it's mm. not at all what they want. This is yes. uh, this is the uh, you know when we lived in Fort Payne, Alabama, we had a basement, and we would send the kids down there to make. Well, the noise was the same, but we couldn't hear it as much when they were down there. But if if they managed to make enough noise to in, you know to invoke or evoke a response from upstairs, it was "Don't make me come down there." In other words, me coming down there will not result in what you think it will result in. <laughs> um, continue this current course could be disastrous. Matt, this this does remind me of you know we were talking. It's almost jokingly. Um, you know, we, we link this to they don't want the flood to happen again, even though God said the flood won't happen again. Um, and so they build a tower. And and I think you asked, you know, why why would if you want to avoid the flood, why why build a tower instead of a boat? <laughs> um, but it's 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 that it's, same it's that same city control aspect, right? Like right. If, if there's a flood, you can't con you can't control where the boat lands. Mm. Um, uh, and so you make a tower where everyone can come and not be scattered. Um, mm. you, you see what I'm saying? You see that explicitly in the passage. Right. It, so it, what's it, interesting it, is Kenneth Matthews, uh, I was looking at his stuff earlier when in his Genesis commentary, he draws attention to the word there. How many times the word there occurs in Genesis 11, one through nine as as if to say this is going to be the reference point because going forward it becomes from there but while you're here in Genesis 11 it's there that it, it's emphasis that they are staying in the there 
<laughs> because they're 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 not doing they're not going from there as they were commanded they're they're staying in the there and, and, and there's just the Hebrew word psalm uh, right right so anyway it's it's just interesting to me that Gandalf to your point things just don't work out as we we want them to and uh, it's a, another thing and this is just to to move off of biblical discussion and move more into a theological discussion, which is I can see here just a theme that God is the lion that will not be tamed. Like you cannot, you cannot tame him. You cannot control him. There is God will not be mastered by his creation. Um, he, he will is, certainly not be certainly not be thwarted by it. And Matt, uh, this was your point. This was not my point. But uh, again, we've talked so many times about uh, hearing or reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. How how much how much more? You know, we mentioned the connection to Moses. Oh yeah, yeah. If, if you're bricks. hearing this, yeah, if you're hearing this as a newly freed uh, Hebrew slave coming out of Egypt, man, you. You're definitely on God's side when you hear Him responding, uh, uh, you know, adversely to these people who are making bricks. <laughs> mm. um, uh, and yeah. they don't like they don't like talking about bricks. In the, right. That's it. In the this this times. brings up all too familiar memories. Uh, uh, it, but I do I do think there is something there, and not to hate on technology anymore, Gandalf. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please but, no. Gandalf yes. is developing a complex, right? But uh, that this becomes a reoccurring pattern that that for as much good that technology brings civilization, it it also brings evil. Well, it, and it, when accompanied by hubris, correct? Oh, that's good. It's, it's, I it's like not. That. It's, it's not the again. To Gandalf is you know wanted to safeguard technology every week so he usually goes there it's it's really the it's really the heart issue behind what the technology is representing so it's not advancements um for the sake of good it's this whole making a name for ourselves it's you know um it's again because when we talk about abraham god doesn't have a problem with making names but god says to abraham i will make your name great um Mm. it's 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 this constant pride versus humility dynamic in the Bible. If we exalt ourselves, if we build ourselves up in tower-like fashion, we will be brought low. If we humble ourselves, God is quite capable and quite faithful of exalting us and building us up at the proper time. I mean, that's that runs that runs the whole story of scripture. That sounds like a, a very familiar Bible verse. Oh, it should it should sound like several. I think about like varying stories in the Bible and comparing bricks to stone as that a stone, a hewn stone, is simply taking what God has made and using it for some purpose. Bricks is a human-made stone that is taking it and using it for a purpose. And I, I think here that there's going to be a tension that's even going to carry over into New Testament theology, is that essentially when it comes to your own soul, are you making are you making bricks? Or are you are you working with what God is doing? How, how uh, about how about Jesus quoting the Psalm with reference to himself? The stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone, and mm. it is a marvel to our eyes. That's that's quoted. That's in right. just about. And then we're called every strand of the New stones. Testament. Yeah, we're called living stones. And uh, that's that, First Peter, right? 
That's right. Um, yeah, I, I think that's such a big thing. And by the I mean, it, there's so many New Testament venues we could go down with this line of thinking. Uh, Matt, the big one for me with regard to Babel is Pentecost, right? Oh, yeah. Um, because here they build a stairway to heaven, a ziggurat, or you know whatever language we want to use. God mm. comes down. They have been. What'd you call it, uh, Gandalf? A stargate, a portal. <laughs> <laughs> that that never works well in any of the sci-fi movies, right? <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. yeah. When you open here. a portal to another dimension, it, <laughs> that, it, it, like you, unicorns are never coming out of the that, portal. That, right? the, 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 never the, unicorns. The alien never comes through with like chocolates and flowers. Um, <laughs> But uh, it is interesting. So they're afraid of being scattered, and yet because of their hubris, that's precisely what they get. Oh, plane right. again, plane again, waiting for the plane. I can hear it. That technology curse you. Yes. <laughs> this makes me think of Pentecost. You know, they're worried about being scattered on the earth, um, uh, you know, as you would after the flood. Again, the boat doesn't land where it was initially built. Right. They, they had no control over the where. So, hey, if we if we build this tower, if this happens again, we won't be scattered. And the irony is that's precisely their punishment. God comes down and he scatters them abroad over the face of the earth and he confuses their speech. That's a situation that it, that will endure until when? Pentecost. Uh, until Pentecost. Yeah. Right. So after after God takes the initiative to come down. In Jesus Christ, and Jesus ascends to his Father after being raised from the dead. He sends the Spirit down on those believers, ironically, in the upper room. Um, And it's at Pentecost, and Jews have gathered from every nation, and no matter what tongue is spoken in, everyone understands in his own tongue. It's the opposite of Babel. Right. Um, You know, and, and... and what happens at Pentecost sparks not man's mission, but it represents God's mission. Hmm. Um, that that fascinates me. Uh, there's so many things that we can go down that road. Uh, it, it's it's so ironic to me that they spend all this time like toiling to you know build this city, build this tower, all trying to insulate themselves quite literally using bitumen f- from flood. And then it's all for nothing, right? Like God comes down, confuses them and scatters them. The one thing they were trying to not do, as opposed to if they had just done nothing, well, this, they would this have is, been fine. I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast. This is uh, this is that whole, uh, I think it's Freudian, the, the totus three, the thing that you go to as a means of pursuing life becomes the death of you. Uh, you, you know, the whole, it's kind of very monkey's paw, right? Uh, mm, like yes. you, you, you're trying to avoid something, so you pursue it through this means, and the means that you pursue results precisely in the condition you were trying to avoid. And for the for the listener, the monkey's paw is a it's an old trope where you wish on the monkey's paw and your wish comes true, but it's it's not good for you. It's it's in like a bad way where it subverts your desire. Oh, like the the new. Uh, Wonder Woman movie that was not that good. Yes, that I mean that's a basically a monkey's <laughs> paw. So also, just this trope is continued. Like this whole idea that God's people didn't do what they're supposed to do, or the people didn't do what God wanted them to do. So He dispersed them and scattered them and made them nations. This is actually continued because what happens is is because. Israel, who will this is the, the Old land. Testament story. <laughs> yeah, this is the Old Testament story. 
Oh, it is. Yeah, God. This is God, like a God. This is a them. mini Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, it really I've, is, and we've already been, talked about this. I've been but saying it's just this for amazing. Weeks. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. already talked, and I know that, but it's just amazing to me. So, it's just beautiful, and, and that God places a people in the land, and, and then and, and notably, yeah. notably gives them cities to live in that they did not build, and right. vineyards to plant, uh, vineyards to eat from that they did not plant. And what's the turning point? They want a king. Dot dot dot. Like oh, yeah. the nations. Like the nations, let's they, be like, and it results in them ultimately being scattered amongst the being nations. Scattered, yeah. They get they get babbled, right? They get babbled. <laughs> don't get babbled. Don't get, right. you got don't babbled. Want that. <laughs> yeah, man. Mm-mm-mm. It's and, like that oh, old show. It's, uh, it's all. Go ahead. It's just like that old show, punked with Ashley oh, Kutcher. It's yeah. just babbled. The so uh, it's another another thing when thinking about the. This is just continued in history too, just over and over and over again, is that, hey, we're going to beat the odds this time. Yeah, every every empire builds structures. Every empire builds structures and establish. This is the whole Ozymandias thing. Every empire says, no, really, this time will last forever, and the sands of time wash over their ruins, right? Um, Mm. uh, But again, look at this biblically, Uh, not just in the uh, unfolding in the Old Testament, but in the resolution in the New Testament. Ultimately, in in the New Testament, what's that scene that you get in Revelation? Every nation, tongue, and tribe gathered around this central focus, coming together around the throne of God, right? Yes, and uh, then al- that's also the undoing. And in singing, Revelation twenty one, yeah. you have the New Jerusalem, the holy city, descending coming down. Upon, there coming it is. down. It's coming down, and it is. And Jesus, I'm thinking John one here when he talks about him being the Jacob's ladder, him being the access between God, like God's not going to be tamed. You cannot get to him on your own terms. But he will uh, come to you. Yeah, <laughs> which is not always a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I look forward to uh, those Revelation episodes. Probably around, I don't know, twenty thirty six, twenty thirty seven, somewhere around. I was, I was it's going to be great. I was going to say, if our grandchildren keep this thing going. <laughs> right. <laughs> we have to constrict them. Uh, episode 400 will take place in space as a special treat. So just as, as an infomercial for next week, we're going to do one more week on Babel, and it's not going to come from Genesis 11. There's another place in the Torah where Babel is talked about. Um, and so we're going to look at that next week. So we've got one more go on this, and then we're and off adds, to Abraham. It adds, one, it adds one more layer to what we're discussing. That's right. That's pretty ironic considering what the subject matter. Just there it one is. More brick. What, <laughs> wait, no, one more brick. <laughs> one more brick. Well, we're going to add one more layer to this. What could go wrong? Right. <laughs> what could go wrong? That's like that's the thesis for man's action in, in the Bible. That's right. But you know what will never go wrong, and that's you subscribing to the Better Than Fiction Bible <laughs> podcast. Uh, every Tuesday, new episode. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, so you will not become scattered among all of the podcasts out there. And we will see you next week. Have a good one. Take care. Shalom. Nothing's gonna stop us now. Okay.